Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Welcome to those of you joining us online. My name's Otto Ramos. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it's my great privilege to welcome you to church today. If this is one of your first times joining us, I want to express a very special welcome to you. And if you'd like to learn more about who we are, you can communicate with us. And the way that you do that is by taking one of those communication cards that you can find on the seat back in front of you. And after church today, stop by and see us at the Welcome Center. We have a free gift for you just for joining us this morning. For those of you joining us online, uh, you can go to our website at vlchurch.com and click on the banner that says, Are You New Here? Complete that form, and that'll come straight to me, and I will communicate with you sometime this week. But indeed, thank you for joining us as well. I do have a few announcements this morning, not the least of which includes the fact that today is Vision Sunday. Can I get an ovation for that? Very exciting. We're really pumped to share the vision for 20, the rest of 2023 and, the, and 2024. It's going to be entitled, Live the Story, Make Disciples. You know, Jesus told us in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and to make disciples of everyone. And so that's our mission as a church, and it's also going to be our focus this year as a church. You're going to hear more from Pastor Matt here in a moment so that we can uh, celebrate the future that God has planned for Victory Life Church. But also today, we're going to celebrate our past, and we're going to have a church picnic after second service. We hope that you'll join us. Give me a thumbs up if you plan to be there. Very, very cool. We're going to have great fun, great food, great fellowship, lots of activities for kids and adults alike. We hope that you'll join us after service today. It'll be in our backyard, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Next thing I want to share with you is the fact that we're going to have some life groups that are going to be launching over the next few weeks. Uh, and life groups, if you might be wondering what they are, they're smaller groups where you can get, get together with other folks and study God's Word, go deep into God's Word, and go deep into relationship with one another. If you'd like to get signed up, you can scan that QR code uh, that sh- should be on the keychain that should be in your seat. Uh, if it's not in your seat, scan the QR code that is found on the seat back in front of you. That'll take you to our website, and you can click on the Life Groups and Classes banner, sign up, and we'd love to get you connected to one of those. Also, I want to make mention of the fact that we will have another installment of Growth Track that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. Start September 17th. If you are relatively new to Victory Life Church and you'd like to learn more about who we are, this is the class for you. This is the next step for you to kind of live out that plan and live out that story that God has for you. And he has a plan for you. And one of the things that we do here as a church is to get you on a growth track so you can grow more in your faith and learn more about him. Uh, As you can see there on the screen, the class starts Sunday, September 17th at 9.30 a.m. It's a four-week class. You'll learn about the basics of Victory Life Church, uh, the essentials to growing in your faith in Christ, discovering how God made you and using what God gave you. It's a great class. We hope that you'll get signed up. And to get signed up, you can do the same thing. Scan the QR code on the keychain that you have, or you can actually call the church office and let us know you want to join the class and we'd love to have you in Growth Track. Well, that's all I have this morning in the way of announcements. If you've come to worship the Lord Jesus with your tithes and offerings, you likely know what to do and how to do it. You can go to our website at vlchurch.com and uh, go to the Give tab, or you can actually text to give, or you can give as you exit the sanctuary this morning. But indeed, thank you for worshiping the Lord Jesus uh, with your tithes and offerings today. Can I ask you to stand this morning? And as you do so, let's bow for a word of prayer together. Father in heaven, we are here today because you planned on us being here. You have a message today for each person in this room. 
you have a story that you're writing with our lives that ultimately tells your story of redemption. And it is for that reason, among so many others, that we've come to worship you. And so I, I pray that you would speak to each human heart today and remind some in this room about the joy of their salvation, about how you have redeemed their hearts. Uh, and I pray that for some that you would reveal the fact that you have come to redeem them. 2,000 years ago, you put on flesh and bone to live amongst us so that we would know you want to connect with us on a deeply personal level. That is the story that we've been telling for 39 years as a church, and it is the story that we will continue to tell to the very end. And we thank you for that story of redemption. I echo the sentiments of Paul when he said, Thanks be to God, because he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the story we believe, and it's the story we seek to tell and the story that we seek to live by. We thank you for this story. We come to worship you now because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is our opportunity to make a shift up here from the thoughts of ourselves and the thoughts of the world onto the things of God. We can meet with him in this place today, but let's shift our minds onto him and give him worship. Here we go. This is where worship starts, here in the temple of my heart, remembering who you are. We think about it and all you've done. Think about his majesty. He's on the throne. This is your majesty, all I have tasted and I've seen, remembering who you are. What's he done? And all you've done. I see the Lord. I see the Lord forever glorified, exalted and lifted high, and all of the kingdom in Christ you are. You are the
throne this morning. He's in control. He's in charge. So let's worship him. Two, three, four. He's our ever-present help in our time of trouble. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord my God. Oh, my soul, forget not all his benefits. How his light shone through darker days than this. He has been faithful. He's always faithful. Even as I'm walking through the wilderness, standing in the valley, I'll remember this. He has been faithful. He's always faithful. Let's sing it to him. Hey, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Hey, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. My confidence remains in the name above all names. Hey, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. So I won't fear. So I won't fear the fire or the wind and waves. For the name I call upon will be the same. Cause Jesus is faithful. He's always faithful. Yeah. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Yeah, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. My confidence remains in the name above all names. Yeah, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Yes, it does. I lift my
I quoted some scripture before we started singing that. He is our ever-present help in time of need. And he always will be when we call on him. He's greater than any battle and any trial that we face. And this morning, this song that we just did, the song we're about to sing, and one that we'll share with you in a moment, is about God being our helper when we put our trust and dependence on him. Maybe this morning, there's an area of your life that is out of control and you don't have the fix for it. And that's okay, because you were never intended to have the fix on your own. But God is the one who can step into every situation and into every problem and every trial that you face and fix it. He already did when he took the cross for you and me. He took our sin, the biggest problem of all that stood between us and him by sending Jesus to die on that cross. Now you can cast your cares upon him because he cares for you and he's greater than any need and any trial that you face. I pray that you declare that over your life this morning as we worship him who is greater. Keeper of the day and the night, the holder of the sun in the sky, you command the waters and the wind, and there's not one thing you're not greater than, greater than the mountain. That's in front of me. You are greater, so much greater, greater than the power of the enemy. You are greater, so much greater. Than the great I am, 
no fear, no grave, no other name is greater than the great I am. No guilt, no shame, no sin, no stain is greater than the great I am. No fear, no grave, no trust is in you today. 
faith is in you today. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. We pray that you be with us as we continue our service today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning we wanted to share a piece that um, we, we discovered this week um, that we felt kind of like went with our vision for this week and for this year. You've heard our vision is make disciples, and you're going to hear a lot about that in just a few moments. But this is a song that kind of resonates with that vision this morning, so we're going to share it. Don't want to go my own way Cause when I go my own way I always fall short Been learning how to let it go Been learning how to trust you Cause every time I trust you I'm never more sure That this is in better hands This is a better plan this is in better hands than my own. This is in better hands. This is a better plan. This is in better hands than my own. Don't want to build my house on sand. Don't want to build my own name. Because there is only one name worthy trying to let it go I'm learning how to trust you cause every time I trust you I'm never more sure this is in better hands this is a 
Lord. Well, welcome once again to Victory Life Church this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. We are so glad that you are with us. Uh, children, you may be dismissed at this time to head on down the hall, and uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about making disciples the same way we will be here. If you have a Bible this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to two separate places. Why don't you put a bookmark in Matthew chapter 5, and then we're going to put a bookmark in Matthew chapter 28. Those are the two places we're going to be this morning as we sort of set the course for the next year. I am very excited to be with you once again here. We always have an annual picnic on the 20-something of August, because that is where the church began 39 years ago, was in the last Sunday in August. And there are a few people who were here at the start of Victory Life. Uh, all those 39 years ago, I was here at six months old, and uh, so I, I, was in, I was in attendance uh, in the nursery, and uh, some of you uh, were also in attendance, and I'd love to just wave at you and give you a round of applause for the blessing that you have been in really hearing the Lord's vision all those years ago so that we would have a church to come to like this today. How many of you uh, today were here in that first year here at Victory Life? If you're one of those who were in the very first year I see. Would you just stand for just a minute? We are so grateful to you. It looks like there's a couple of you right there, right there. Thank you for being part of Victory Life for all those years. Bill and Sue, and then all the rest of us. And so we're very glad that uh, we have a wonderful church to be a part of. We're so grateful. Well, what is Vision Sunday? Well, I figured I'd tell a story to kind of get us into this. Uh, I had the longest jog of my life this week but it wasn't on purpose. You see, I left the house, and I like to jog a 5K about two times a week, and so I left the house, and I was going to set out on my normal course to get my 3.1 miles in exactly. I didn't put my glasses on. I turned on my podcast, and I got to the point where I usually go straight, and I thought, it's time to get crazy. I'm going to go right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go right. And if I kind of aim somewhere in that direction... I'll end up at 3.1, and it'll be just fine. It'll be exactly as it needs to be. So I turned right, because I'm a risk taker. And I was running. Well, jogging. <laughs> Let's not tell lies. I was jogging. <laughs> and then I was jogging some more. And I was jogging some more. And I didn't even want to look at my pedometer, because I thought, I am nowhere near home right now. And I'm lost. I had never been in this neighborhood. There were all of these loop-de-loops. I didn't know where I was, and I couldn't see. So there was really no way of getting back to where I needed to go. So I just kept jogging and jogging and jogging. And I thought, this is really dumb, Matt. This is why you have a route and you stick to it. But anyhow, I ended up figuring out, you know, I, I, I can get out in that direction. And I ended up going almost five miles on my 3.1-mile jog. And, of course, I didn't run the whole way. I quit somewhere over the three-mile mark. And I thought, you know what? This is what happens when you don't make a plan. And this is what happens when you just kind of wing it. Well, Vision Sunday is all about orienting ourselves and saying this is where we've been and this is where we are. Lord, tell us where we need to go. 
Lord, tell us where you have us to go as a church and what do you want us to communicate to your church about where we need to go and how we're going to get there. It's about a destination. In the spring of every year, the staff and I begin to talk about what we feel like the Lord is laying on our hearts and what the plan should be moving forward. And some of you know that we go away for a number of days to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, give us clear direction. Give us a destination and give us the steps on how to get there. Well, two years, when we went, two years ago when we went away, we felt like God downloaded about two years of information to us. Two years of a plan, and we were excited about that, but we also recognized, let's do 1A, and then let's do 1B. So last year we did 1A, and we talked about shining your light, and this year we want to talk about 1B, which is to make disciples. But in order to orient us and make sure we all end up in the same place, what I want to do today is cover three things, where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. That's the goal today, where we've been, where we are, where we're going. So today's not going to be one of these expository sermons where I go verse by verse and tell you something in the Greek that you didn't really care to know. Today we're just going to talk in general terms about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Well, where we have been, where we've gone already is to shine your light. If you were to open both sets of those double doors, you'd see a whole load of emojis on the wall. And there's a reason for those, because a year ago, we shared a vision with you, and it, it was really an old vision that was a new vision, which was that VLC would reemerge as a church that was truly shining our light out in the community. But we didn't want to do this necessarily by having five yearly outreaches that we invite you all to be a part of. What we really challenged you to do was be the light in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, and in your family. We challenged you with the words of Matthew 5, 14 and following, which says this, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Those are the verses we challenged you with one year ago this Sunday. We reminded each and every one of you that if Christ is to be seen in the world, he is going to be seen through us. Because he gave us his title, the light of the world. The Bible tells us that he is the light of the world, and Jesus says you are the light of the world. Get it? He is the light of the world, and we are the light of the world. So when people see us doing what Jesus has called us to do, they should be seeing Christ. So we challenged you, and we gave you all types of ideas about how the Lord might use you. And every time someone picked up one of those ideas and ran with it, we thought it'd be fun to throw an emoji on the wall. Well, halfway through the year, we stopped throwing emojis on the wall. It just got to be too much because so many people were trying so many different ways of shining their light. One of the biggest things that we did was introduce a program or a ministry called Pray and Go. Real simple. The idea is that people from the church here would dot the neighborhoods within a five-mile radius of the church and pray over each and every household. And after praying, go ahead and leave a door hanger on the door that says, we're from Victory Life, we prayed for you. If you ever need anything, here's how to contact us. Simple, loving, caring, intentional, and turnkey. Because everybody can do it. We've had kids this big standing in front of houses saying, Dear Jesus, help these people. 
We've had folks who were 80-plus years old walking and praying for folks and praying for folks in households. And to this date, in the last year, we've prayed for almost 3,500 households in this neighborhood in these areas. It's really cool. But what's really like a byproduct, and it was like the shh, don't tell them byproduct, is that when you're out there, you meet people. And they'll look at you, maybe suspiciously, and say, what are you doing? <laughs> and you're like, well, we're praying for you. And then once in a while, you're after, don't do it. Well, okay, fine. But for the most part, interactions have been sweet. They've been great. We've got to pray with people. We've got to invite folks to church. We've had people that have shown up because of Pray and Go. Isn't that cool? Over 100 of you are participating in Pray and Go right now. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to be known as the church that prays for people. And so if you're interested in being part of Pray and Go, because we've streamlined everything, all you got to do is take a picture, scan that code that's sitting on your seat. And by the way, you can take those key tags with you this morning. Those are for you. We have hundreds. We have more than we need, all right? Take those with you this morning. But you can sign up to be part of Pray and Go tomorrow, and we'll get you assimilated and out this week. We encourage folks that we had the possibility that we could probably do maybe three neighborhood BBSs this year. Now, that's a, that's a big thing. That, that's meeting your neighbors. That's being warm and hospitable. That's being somewhat extroverted. That's talking with folks and then actually inviting their kids to come to your house. That's what we encourage folks to do, neighborhood VBSs. And we thought we could do three of them. Well, the good news is we did five this past summer. Five different families took up the call and led VBSs, not in the church, but in their neighborhoods. The Coons, the Montgomery's, the Favors, the Rambas, the Hodges, all opened their home for people to hear about Jesus. Not only the little ones, but the parents who came along as well had the light of Christ shown over them. We challenged the children down the hall to make what we call multi-generational connections. Go and visit an elderly neighbor. Go and bake cookies for an elderly neighbor. Uh, go help rake or help clean up the yard of an elderly neighbor. Or, multi-generational, find that kid in your neighborhood who's nobody's playing with and make sure they feel included in a part of the whole thing. The kids made so many connections this year, once again, we stopped counting. We challenged them to make 100. We just stopped putting emojis on the wall. We stopped counting. In fact, I've seen it in my own neighborhood with some of the kids from the church, not my kids, other kids from the church, visiting those who are lonely and need the light of Christ shown. It's incredible. We challenged folks to be involved in planting Bible studies. You say, well, that's not shining your light. No, hold on a minute. We challenged folks to plant Bible studies that were evangelistic. Meaning you study Mark, or you study Matthew, or you study Luke, or you study uh, Christianity Explored, and you invite non-Christians to your Bible study. And here's the zaniest thing, people showed up. People showed up wanting to learn about who Jesus was, or what Christianity is all about. I had one of our small group leaders, I don't see him this morning, he must be coming to second service, he, he, he had his first group, and we planned, and we, we, we made a plan for the whole thing. And he had his first group, and I called him. I said, how'd it go, man? How'd your, how'd your group go in your house? He goes, dude, it was awesome. He said, I had these people show up, and they weren't Christians. And then he said, and this is, the, this is the coolest thing. He said, one girl, when the Bible study was over, looked at me and said, that's the first time I've ever opened a Bible. That's, that's crazy. But it's awesome. Five different people took up the challenge to lead not just a Bible study, but in their workplace or in their home, a Bible study that invited people who did not yet know 
Christ in order to share the light of the gospel with them. We even had one student start a prayer meeting in her school this year. Isn't that cool? We'd love to see more of those prayer meetings in the schools around this area. Countless more of you shared Christ. You told the gospel to somebody. You invited somebody to church. We have been shining our light as a church, but we're not done. 1A and 1B go together. This is a cultural shift. It's saying that each individual within the church is responsible for shining the light that God's given them to shine. Everybody should be participating in pointing people to Jesus. In fact, I'm going to say, let's keep the emojis up, or maybe we take them down and put new ones up for this year. Let's keep shining our light. And I want to challenge some of you. Some of you are ready and able to start a Bible study in your workplace or in your neighborhood. You're ready and you're able, and you know people to invite, and you ought to do it. And if you want to do it, Pastor Otto and I will help you. We'll sit down, we'll say, here's the plan, here's some strategies. Some of you can lead your own neighborhood VBS next year. You know you can do it now. And we have people that have done it that can give you best practices. And so many more of you, we're going to talk about the workshop in a minute, can be shining your light in a way that makes sense for you. It's not easy, it's intentional, it's sacrificial but it bears rich rewards for the kingdom of God. And we're so pleased that you all are shining your light the way that you are. So that's where we've been. Where are we at? Well, we don't want to change up our ministry strategy every couple of years. That wouldn't make much sense. If you walk in that hallway right there, you see big blue letters on the wall that say, Join, Live, and Tell. Those aren't just words. Those are what we actually do here. We help people to join the story, live the story, and to tell the story. That's our ministry methodology. You say, well, what do you do to help people join the story? Well, ultimately, we're wanting them to put their faith in Jesus Christ, to be baptized, and to become part of the local church. We, we believe in the local church. We believe in people becoming part of the local church. In fact, the local church is God's plan A for the world, and there is no plan B. It's what God designed. It's how the New Testament was formed. People went out, and they formed churches, and they invited people to become part of that. The best mechanisms that we have for that is our Sunday morning service itself. This experience that we have together is so important to helping people want to be part of what we're doing here. But, of course, we also have Growth Track, which Pastor Otto talks about every Sunday, 52 weeks a year. Well, that's not quite. You hear an announcement for Growth Track, because that's an easy way to help people become assimilated with this community. We can invite them and say, hey, come to this four-week class. You'll learn about us. We'll learn about you. We're going to see how we can partner together in ministry. If you haven't yet been through a Growth Track, but you've been here for six weeks, six months, six years, you need to go through that. Not because we have all of these things that we need you to know, but we want to join the story together that God has for us to co-create. And that's an easy onboarding mechanism for us to do that. Now, once again, you might not have heard this yet this morning, but there is a key card sitting in a seat next to you. If you take a picture of that key card, you can go to sign-ups under groups and sign up for Growth Track. On the 17th of September, was I listening during announcements? Yeah. And you can be part of joining the story here at Victory Life. We talk about living the story. That's part of our mission. We want to help people grow up in what it means to be a Christian. And one of the greatest ways to grow up is to attend life groups. That's why we talk about them all the time. Acts 2.42 talks about how the early church did church. 
And it says this in Acts 2.42. It says, And they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. They did life together. They, they didn't just sit and listen to Pastor Matt for 35 minutes on a Sunday morning, but thank you for being here and listening. That wasn't all that they did. They grew together and they devoted themselves. They were committed to growing in the teaching of the word, in prayers, in fellowship, and Lord bless it, the breaking of bread. I'm looking forward to all of the barbecue we're going to be having in two hours right now. My granola bar was not enough this morning for me. I'm looking forward to breaking bread with some of you. But you know what? We can't, we can't host a church dinner every week. We'll go broke. So, so we gotta, we got to get in smaller groups and do life together. You may have heard this before, but if you scan that little key tag, you'll go to our church center app. It'll take you right there. And you can see all the life groups we've got going on this fall. You might be saying, Pastor Matt, I want to be part of your life group. Well, you can't. Because my wife and I are actually going to be doing an evangelistic Bible study in our neighborhood. And so I'm not leading one here this fall. So, sorry, you can't be part of my life group. I don't want you there. I want you part of another one, okay? Growing in faith with other Christians. It's exciting. It's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. Sign up for a life group today. Don't wait. We also talk about volunteerism because we want people to join the story. And so much of our volunteer energy is poured into Sunday mornings because we want people to be able to come here and find a place that's warm and hospitable and loving where people are using their gifts and service to the Lord. Folks, down the hall today, and this is a smaller first service today because so many are coming to second because they'll go right up the hill to the picnic, but down the hall today there will be well over 100 children that need people to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I hear people all the time raging against the culture. Oh, the things that these kids are learning in school. Oh, the things that these kids are seeing on the internet and in media. I'm so upset about where the culture's heading. We're folks down the hall right now. We are raging against the culture. We are fighting to raise Christians in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are working as hard as we can to help people identify in Christ. We are helping people to learn the word of God. We are helping to make lifelong disciples. But we're overwhelmed because we're growing at such a pace. And we need your help. We need volunteers in the children's department. I don't mind saying it to you. I don't mind that it's out on the internets now because this is our streaming service. We need folks to jump in. We need folks to be a part of that. We have room right now for, for and we can get by, don't, don't hear me, but we, need, we have room for like 21 volunteers in our children's department right now, both on our Sunday mornings and what will become our Wednesday night intensives this fall. And you want to talk about some incredible material? Ask Jody, our children's director, what the kids will be learning on Wednesday night intensives this fall. It's going to be incredible. If you have an interest in partnering with us, with these children, you might not have heard this yet, but there's a key card sitting next to you all you got to do is scan it create a profile and say hey i'd be willing to help we'll get with you we'll get you background checked so if 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 you're you know the unabomber don't sign up but it will we'll get you we'll get you all signed up okay and then we'll get you trained if you can do that we also are in need of volunteers in our sound and tech team if you've got a background in music or technology let us know. We, we will train you. We will get you up to speed. And you can be back there running the jet engine 
of, of, of a board that we have back there. Those are just two needs, but there are dozens, 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 just things that I wanted to highlight today. There's places to serve here at the church. And then finally, where are we at? We tell the story. We tell the story. And Shine Your Light is part of telling the story, but it was a one-year vision. It's something that we were really were going to push towards and talk about and talk about and talk about. And remember, we talked about all of the Shine Your Light stuff from the book of Matthew all last fall. Then we talked about how Paul shined his light through the book of Acts. Then we talked about how Jonah wanted to put his light under a bushel basket through the book of Jonah. And then we talked about the good, good news all summer long. We talked about shining your light in four series all year. But as a church, we need to continue to get better and stronger in shining our light. And that's why we have something called the Tell the Story Workshop. And it is a workshop. It's for people who want to grow in competency and confidence in sharing the good news of Jesus. It's for people like you and me who go, you know what? I have so much stuff that I've heard and that I've learned and that I've experienced, but I'm having trouble translating it into actually telling people about Christ. That's what the Tell the Story Workshop is all about. If you need to grow in competency and confidence and you want accountability for sharing the gospel, the workshop is for you. It starts the 27th of September. You can, believe it or not, scan the QR code on the seat next to you and sign up for the workshop. All right? Now, Pastor Otto said it this morning. All of these things that I'm mentioning and joking about is great. We're just trying to streamline our communication. We've got multiple goals here this morning. That's why we want you all to scan, update your profile, help us to communicate well with you in days and weeks to come. But if you don't do any of that smartphone stuff, if you're very happy with your dumb phone and you just like to flip it and all of that and the cricket and whatever it is you call it, that's fine. We, we, that's a phone, and we have a number, and we'd love you to call it. We will be happy to talk to you. I'm not mocking you. I'm not putting you down. Sometimes I wish I could go to the cricket. You know, I just like to be back in, the, back in the old days of the flip phone. I'm cool with that. Just call us, 330-929-6555. We'll talk to you, and we'll get you all set up for any of these things. So our mission hasn't changed. That's how we do ministry. We work people through the steps of joining the story, living the story, and then telling the story. And when we get deficient in one of those, we encourage you to start doing them again. When you haven't been in a life group in a while, it's time to get in a life group again. When you haven't served your church in forever, it's time to find a place of service. When you haven't been intentionally sharing the gospel with people, it's time to brush up and do it. Because everybody's supposed to be shining their light. That's the way we do ministry. So that's, we've talked about where we've been. We've talked about where we are. Let's talk about where we're going. And make sure we get to our destination in less than five miles. You've seen it on the walls this morning. If you haven't, you hadn't had coffee. But our vision for the year is live the story, make disciples. Make disciples. I am pleased to report to you today, usually I only use this language at the church annual meeting, but I'm pleased to report to you today that our church is growing. It might not look it in first service today because a lot of people are coming to second service like, no, it's not. Everybody's gone. They'll be here. They'll be here, and they're heading to the picnic. True story, when we split to two services in 2019, we had grown pretty, uh, pretty in, a, in a wonderful fashion. And then we had the pandemic and COVID and all the things, and all the churches in the U.S. suffered. But we are bigger today than we were in 2019 as a church. We're a larger church. That's wonderful, but that's also a threat. That's also a problem. It's good, but it's a problem. Because... Because here's the issue. Jesus never called us to fill the seats. 
fact, he didn't just call us to make converts. Jesus called us to make disciples. You know, it's, it's not the hardest thing in the world to fill seats. I mean, if Taylor Swift and Barbie can do it, the church can do it too. It's not the hardest thing in the world to fill seats. But it is a very hard thing to make disciples. In fact, when Jesus fulfilled his three-year ministry, Jesus' church was 120 people. That's how big his church was. That's what we know from the book of Acts chapter 2. We know that Jesus tried to disciple about 72, but he really could only disciple about 12 as intentionally as he wanted to in a three-year span. He He was fully human as he was fully God. He had limits, and so do we. As we grow, our job is to make disciples, not just to fill seats. And Pastor Otto read you that passage today from Matthew 28 that's so instructive, and it's usually one we only read on Mission Sunday. But let's read it again, Matthew 28, 18 and following. Let's make sure we understand why we're using this language. Jesus came to his disciples after his resurrection, but before he ascended to heaven and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, hold on, nobody ever reads verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. He told us to make disciples, teaching them to observe everything that Jesus had commanded them. Now somebody pointed out to me this week that disciple might be a Christianese word. Not everybody in the room might not know what a disciple is. Uh, uh, Last year, there was a couple that had come to know Jesus, and I was sitting down the hall mentoring them, and we were going through the Word of God together. We were talking about what it meant to be a Christian. And I kept looking at them saying, and then Paul said this, and then Paul said that, and then Paul said this. And they're smiling and nodding. And all of a sudden, it just dawns on me. They're brand new Christians. I says, do you know who Paul is? And this is what they said. Paul might as well have been the ice cream man. They didn't know who Paul was. They didn't know that he'd, read, he'd written a, a huge portion of the New Testament and was an incredible apostle. They, they had no background for that. And that's so when I say something's Christianese, we have to make sure that we're always defining concepts of Christendom here. Here's my, my definition of disciple. A disciple is a committed follower of the Lord Jesus that believes what he has said and conforms his or her life to his teachings and joins in his aims. That's a lot more than attends service for an hour on Sunday. The disciples were called to follow Jesus. He said, I want you to listen to me, live close to me, do life with me, learn how to do ministry with me, get everything that you're doing immersed in who I am. Because ultimately, in Matthew 28, he's going to ask his disciples to make other disciples. There's going to be a a switch that flips, a graduation that takes place. That the ones who have been made disciples will then go make disciples. Matthew 28 is a graduation ceremony. He's looking at the ones that he had spent time with teaching and and helping them to learn and helping them to grow and saying, all right, now it's time for you to go and do And that's what we're going to challenge so many of you to do this year, is to graduate. You've been part of so much good stuff. 
It's time to flip the switch and see what Jesus has said here in Matthew 28. The first thing he said is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm the boss. You don't have to worry when you operate in my name that I'm not with you because I'm with you. What's the last thing he says? Till the end of the age, to the point at which this, this earth passes away, I'm with you and I have authority. I'm the boss. I'm the one people should be looking to and, and I want you to go make disciples for me. He says that to Peter and Andrew and Thomas and all the rest. It's time for you to do it. Now, why are we saying it to you today? You might say, well, Pastor Matt, the church makes disciples. That's just what we do. You just explained, join, live, tell. That's a really, that, that's, that's cool. Well, here's the problem. Just in this room today, there are people coming from so many different places. There's somebody in this room today that's just like that young girl who looked at that guy and said, I've never opened a Bible before. They've been invited to church by a, a Christian friend, and, and this is the first church experience they've ever had. That, that's wild, but it's true. There's also people who have come into this fellowship who haven't been in church since they were a kid. And then they're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, and they're like, this is the first time I've been to church in decades. There are people here in this room today that are what we would call church hurt, meaning they got out of church years ago because some church violated the principles of Christ. They, they, they messed up. And now they're taking the risk of getting back into church, but they don't quite trust us yet because they've been hurt. There's folks in this room with tremendous untapped potential. They've been discipled, but they need someone to come alongside of them and say, it's time to get going, it's time to get moving, here's where to step up and here's where to step in. There's folks in this room, and I'm not going to make any eye contact now, who are deeply embedded in a sinful lifestyle. You know it. You were like, I need your help today. We sang those two songs about the Lord helping us, and you're like, please help me, God. I can't stop doing that which I want to stop doing, what Pastor Peter was talking about last week. There's folks across the spectrum here today, and there's, there's probably a few of you who you're really convinced that you're a super Christian, but if you did life with other Christians, you'd be challenged. You'd be challenged to grow even further. It is not efficient or effective for me to disciple all of these folks in 35 minutes on a Sunday morning. It doesn't work. We cannot make committed followers of Jesus Christ who, who believe in all of his teachings, who try to conform their lifestyle to those teachings, and then join him in his aims in 35 minutes. Uh, you say, well, that's why, we have, that's why we have three adult pastors. Well, that's great. That's great. Yes, yes, you do. But right now, right here in this church, we have more people than Jesus even attempted to disciple in his earthly ministry. He preached to thousands, but he tried to disciple 72, and then 12, and then 3. Because the spectrum is great. All of his 12 disciples had different needs and places that they needed to be challenged. Every disciple in this room has different needs and places that they need to be challenged. And so this year we're going to talk to so many of you about graduating. 
making disciples yourselves, challenging you to be a more intentional disciple maker. You say, Pastor Matt, how do I know if it's me you're talking to? How should I know if I'm the one that needs to graduate? Well, let me tell you. You need to graduate if this is true. If when I said to you, we need to make disciples, not just converts, and something inside of you, because your first service, you don't amen a lot. You should come to the second service sometime. Those people are loud, almost to the point of being obnoxious. And don't you tell them I said that. No, I, I like hearing amens. It's okay. But if I said, let's make, let's make disciples, not converts, and something welled up inside of you, and you said, amen, that's right. It's probably you. It's probably you that needs to graduate. If you know what that means, it's you that needs to be making disciples. There's so many of you. You're like, you, you know who your mentors are. You know the great pastors that you've come up under. You can name the three best Bible studies that you've ever done. You could talk about those times you've knelt before the Lord and surrendered and he's changed your life. You, you've trusted him with your finances and see him prove himself faithful. You know what it means to pray. You're, you're not perfect, but, but you're not a hot mess either. You ought to graduate. You ought to graduate into disciple making. Don't be in the receiving position of saying now anymore, I'm going to receive, 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 receive. It's time to turn and say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to my Lord Jesus Christ. He told me to go and make disciples, and therefore I will partner with him in his aims. It's time for you to do it. So where are we going? We've got two more weeks to talk about this, and I'm going to release you in just a few minutes. Okay, so we're going to talk about this in the next two weeks. Don't feel like I can do it all in 40 minutes and, and, and that you're going to know everything and understand exactly where we're going. We've got two more weeks to talk about this, but this is what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. Number one, we're going to be challenging mature disciples to mentor individuals or lead, lead small groups. What we recognized two years ago when we got so excited about reemerging as a church that's shining our light is that we had a gap in the way we disciple people because we're not teaching you all how to mentor. We have a gap. We don't have a mentoring playbook. We don't have a way of saying to Jacob Kuhn, Jacob, that guy that you met on the men's retreat that God's drawing you to, take him under your wing, take him out for coffee, take him to lunch and start taking his spiritual temperature, find out where he's at with the Lord, open the Bible with him and begin to challenge him. We realized we didn't have a playbook for that. We didn't have any way to say, Jacob, go and make disciples, make it happen, brother. But that's what we've worked on all summer, and that's what we're producing this fall, is a playbook for those of you who can make disciples in the ones and the threes. You've already been drawn to somebody. You know you'd like to take them under your wing. You know that you'd like to be able to help them on the next step in their journey to become more like Jesus, but you just haven't ever been trained to do that. Well, we're going to work with you on that. Not only we've developed a mentoring playbook, but we're going to have training videos and all types of things that are being released this fall. And it's going to be a slow release. It's not going to be like, who wants to be a mentor? Me. Who wants to be a mentee? Me. All right, let's pair them up. It's not going to be like that. Culturally, we're going to shift and make sure we're not just meeting people in the group setting, but we're meeting folks on the individual setting. It's going to take time. It's going to take intentionality. But we want to do well with mentoring and leading and guiding every single person that God sends us. Because the measure of a healthy church is not only that it grows. The measure of a healthy church is that it grows and makes disciples well. And we want to make disciples well. And as we grow, we need to change. We have to introduce change to be able to do that. Some of you, you've been on the small group bench for a while. You haven't led a life group since the Reagan administration. 
It's time. It's time. You know that you can. You know that you ought to. We have a pastor here that devotes probably 25% of his time to teaching, training, and helping life group leaders get where they need to go. Some of, us, some of us it's time to step up. And we'll use you intentionally. All our life groups for the fall are being built right now, but there's life groups in the, in the winter months that we try to run. There's life groups after Easter that we try to run. Let's get prepared now for you to join us in making disciples. Second, we're going to help small group leaders to move from facilitating to pastoring. One of the big catchwords of the 1990s was, you are a small group facilitator. You help move the discussion along, but you don't necessarily take responsibility for the spiritual development of the people within the life group. And that's, that, was, that worked if everybody grew up a Christian. But we're finding not everybody grew up a Christian. In the 90s, most people had grown up on some level Christian. But it's 2023 now. It's 33 years later when all of this became very popular. And life group leaders sometimes will call me on the phone and they'll say, hey, am I allowed to say this to this person in my life group? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, you can, you ought to. Go ahead and do it. Be the leader, be the pastor. Help them in their development. Have that sidebar after the small group. Say, hey, you surfaced something there. Let's grab coffee. I always mention coffee. Coffee and QR codes, they just go together with church. Always... Always take that next step. We're going to help the small group leaders to say, hey, there might be some people in my small group that I've got to be a little more intentional with to get them where God wants them to go. We're going to talk about that this year. Number three, we've been doing this and already working towards this. We're going to encourage our elders and trained leaders to teach on pertinent topics. We recognize that sometimes you just need a class and you just need somebody to say, this is what the Bible says and we want to aspire to it. And so we've already been working on that. We did a preaching and teaching team last fall, and we're going to be offering things periodically that help us move the ball forward with bigger groups of people. So that's something that we're working on. And then fourth, this is the final thing. We're going to define for you who a disciple is and what he or she does. That's what we're going to spend this year doing. For the next 52 weeks here on this, at this pulpit, we'll be defining who a disciple is and what he or she does. We spent the summer talking about what is a disciple? What are the hallmarks from Scripture? What does Jesus say disciples do? What does Jesus say disciples are? And that's what we're going to preach about, teach about the next year. For a full year, we've got the entire set of sermons planned out all the way through next August. We're going to talk about things like, just simple, like a personal relationship with Jesus. Disciples making disciples. Doing life together. We're going to talk about trusting God with your finances and learning to have a deep and abiding prayer life. We're going to talk about what a disciple is. And that serves a dual purpose. One, we're going to share with you all who are partnering with us to make disciples and say this is what a disciple is and this is what a disciple does and this is what you could be working with others on. But I also recognize that some of you need to be disciples right now. You're not in a position to make disciples. You didn't grow up with a mentor. You didn't grow up with a pastor that you loved. You, 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 you can't name your three favorite Bible studies. 
The, the, the last time that, that you kneeled before the Lord was to weed the flower bed, but you really weren't kneeling before the Lord. You don't know what it is to trust God with your finances because you have never been challenged to do that. You don't know what it is to do life together because you've never been to a small group. For those of you, you have a year here for us to talk about all the things. What a disciple is, what a disciple does. And we're going to hope that you're in a life group. For those of you who need a mentor, we're going to hope you get a mentor. But we're also going to be hearing from the pulpit each and every week who a disciple is and what a disciple does. And we're going to make sure that as a church, we do well with the people God sends us. And that's what we can't do without you. We recognize it. You reach a certain point in a church's growth where disciples need to make disciples with you. Some of you are already engaged in that task. Well, let's work on doing it better. Some of you ought to be engaged in that task. Well, we're going to work on challenging you. And some of you are in the position where, you know what, you're just being made a disciple, and we're happy to help you in that journey. That's what we're doing moving forward. As we shine our light, he's going to fill these seats. As he fills the seats, we're going to disciple who God sends us. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, I, I thank you. This is not a joke for the attentiveness of this group today. Lord, we just downloaded a lot in 40 minutes. God, I thank you that you're speaking today. I thank you that you are in the process with all of us of making us more like Jesus. Lord, I pray for those today who would say, Pastor Matt, what you shared today is resonating with me on so many levels. I just need the last push. I pray they'd commit today to talking to one of us pastors. It's our job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's the saints' job to do the ministry. So, Lord, I pray that for those who need to step up and they're ready, I pray they'd, they'd chat with us. They'd say, that's me. How do I get involved? For others in the weeks to come, I pray, Lord, that you would challenge them to trust you, Lord, that they might not have perfection in their tool belt, but they have the Spirit of the Lord to share with other people. They have good teaching with which they've been taught to impart. I pray, Lord, that you would grow confidence in your people that they've been given all that they need to help grow other people in the Lord. And God, I pray for those who are just now learning to open their Bibles. I pray for those who are just now beginning to understand what the church is and what it's for. Lord, I pray that this year would be a year of tremendous hope and change in their life. Hope, Lord, that you have so much to do in and through them. And change, Lord, that allows that to take place. Oh, Lord Jesus, you've made disciples. Help us join you in that mission. We thank you for our time together in this place. And we pray now that you dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope you'll return in an hour and 20 minutes and eat some barbecue with us. Have a great day.